For it is by grace you are saved through faith, not of yourselves, but it is a gift of God. Ephesians 2.8 Welcome to Grace Bond Ministries. Hey everybody, welcome to Grace Bond Ministries. Christian and I are here today by ourselves. Uh, no special guest, uh, unless you consider us special. <laughs> um, uh, hopefully if you do, it's in a nice way, not a mean way. But uh, but yeah, we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about anger. Uh, if you've if you've been around uh, us, we've probably made you angry. If you're listening to this podcast, you disagreed with us. You're probably like, man, those guys really make me angry. You know. Uh, so we, <laughs> what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about uh, righteous anger is kind of the the main topic. But in the midst of that, we're also going to talk about unrighteous anger and uh, a little bit uh, give a biblical overview of what what all this is about is just some of the narratives that take place, some of the attributes of God that help us understand anger. Uh, so this is, this is an important podcast. As you heard in the introduction, I mean, this is, uh, this is a podcast I think will be uh, beneficial for a lot of people, for pastors and Christians in general. And, uh, you know, I think it's just something we all need to be reminded of, you know, when we get angry and we're trying to work it out as Christians, trying to figure out, you know, is this something I can be angry about? I should be angry about. And if it is, how do I express that anger uh, without sinning? So that's kind of what we're going to talk about. Um, so listen, if this is your first time watching, go check out some other stuff. We got some very interesting podcasts uh, in in, uh, in the recent past, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's some some of the ones further back, you know, it is, it is what it is. But uh, no, those are those are OK, too. We've had some uh, just yeah, had some interest. Yeah. <laughs> we've we've had some interesting conversations since this podcast has started. Uh, talking about Calvinism, and uh, I was just thinking back to my first five episodes, and one of them was on Calvinism, one of them was on uh, Old Earth Creationism, and uh, had a little bit of an errancy uh, discussion, um, you know, so uh, we've had some interesting things, talked about spiritual gifts, talked about preaching, talked about pastoring, uh, you know, we've had some awesome testimonies, I mean, there's just a lot of stuff, and so actually at the end of this year, we're going to kind of give a, a year in review, and then maybe uh, maybe even point out some, uh, I don't know, maybe some old ones that I think were uh, beneficial to a lot of people, or at the very least, they were interesting to a lot of people, uh, whether that was because they just disagreed with me and they wanted to tell me or uh, whatever it was. But, uh, you know, there is a lot of stuff happening at Grace Bond Ministry. So listen, we appreciate your support. Um, so uh, the best way, I think, for y'all to be able to support us is uh, just get the word out there. If there's a podcast that really uh, speaks to you, you know, share the word with somebody. If you have somebody that, you know, they're struggling with anger as a Christian, you know, share this podcast with them, uh, share the previous podcast, whatever you, uh, whatever you see fit to share with people, please share it. You know, like the Facebook page, subscribe to the YouTube channel, subscribe to Apple podcast. And, uh, you know, there's just a lot of ways you can support us in that way. Um, so anyways, enough about that. Let's talk about anger. Um, <laughs> uh, all right, so let me. Uh, I'm I'm always so weird about words. I don't know about y'all, but I, I sometimes I just like I just stop and I say, "What does that word really mean?" You know, uh, you know where where do we get the word toilet from? You know, uh, you know I, I think about weird Toilette. things like yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it comes from a French word. No, I have no idea. But now now I'm interested to know. But um, you know that's not what we're talking about today. <laughs> Uh, it's a man, some of y'all are like, good Lord. I mean, what, what have we gotten ourselves into? Um, welcome. But now, yeah. <laughs> welcome to Grace Bond Ministries and the mind of Jonathan <laughs> and Christian. Um, you know, but 
so we're talking about righteous anger. All right. So when I when I typed in righteous anger, you know, I could probably I feel like in my head I could probably understand um, what righteous and what anger means. Um, but explaining it gets a little more difficult and then making a concise definition is very difficult. Um, so uh, anyways, I think what we got here is pretty good to kind of help us get started on this topic. Um, so let's split up the words. We've got righteous. Righteous um, Righteous is not just a Christian word. I think Christians use it probably a lot more. Uh, Christian, you could speak on that if you guys, you and the Christian group, yeah. <laughs> you and all the other Christians, they'll just righteous, righteous. Righteous. Um, <laughs> righteous man uh, but it actually can be used in a secular way where it's it's and, and it, it's similar to the christian way but righteous in a secular way is is that the actions or deeds or thoughts or whatever are are justified or are justifiable morally and ethically um <clears throat> so that's kind of the secular view and then of course the christian view we're going to add god in there so we're going to say that righteous is when um, uh, is when we're justified, not just in the eyes of, of, of a pragmatic view of morality, uh, but in the eyes of God himself. So that's kind of how we go from righteous. So is it justified in the eyes of God, which, you know, as Christians, especially Christians who believe in the inerrancy and infallibility of scripture, we think that scripture is where we find out if something is uh, righteous or not. We look to the scriptures, we look to the revelation that God's given us. And then anger, uh, anger, I think, is kind of the same across the board, but it's a strong feeling of annoyance, displeasure, or hostility. Um, that's what I got from uh, Webster's Dictionary. But, um, but anyways, that, so, that, so you break apart those two words. So we've got uh, this, this feeling of uh, annoyance, displeasure, or hostility. And then you mix that with <clears throat> righteousness. So that's when we can show that anger in a way that is pleasing and justified in the eyes of God, not just human beings, but in the eyes of God. And so you mix those two together, and how do we do that? And that's what we're going to kind of get to throughout the rest of this podcast. So what we're going to start off with those, we just kind of just to kind of get everybody interested in this a little bit more, is what stuff exactly are we talking about? Where is the debate uh, lying? And I'm sure some of y'all in your heads, even if you say something like, "Oh, um, if somebody is murdered, you should you should you should have righteous anger." Okay, well, what is that righteous anger? You know, so Christian, give us some of the things maybe you've heard or thought about where there is that, that kind of that struggle there between, you know, you should be angry, you shouldn't be angry. Uh, and then how do you actually show the anger in a righteous God honoring way? Yeah, oh, you don't I have mean, to explain why now, but just, <laughs> just some um, of the problems. <laughs> yeah, you have problems like almost connecting back to our last podcast, things in politics like that make us angry policies, they pass laws they want to pass political leaders in general make us angry in their situations like that. I mean, you get angry when people are murdered, abuse, rape, incest, all these things. You get angry with somebody cutting in front of you in traffic. That's an easy one. Um, us as youth pastors, when that one kid just keeps doing the exact thing you told him not to do or just won't stop doing it. You have things like that. Then you have fire and brimstone pastors who oftentimes it's from the word is passion coming out but when does it be switch from passion to sinful anger um yeah it's when you get hit you want to hit back when you get made fun of you want to make fun of them back yeah that's pretty much from the start of creation adam 
and Eve wanted to blame each other. They didn't want to take any responsibility. They got angry and automatically blamed each other. So how does how do we have righteous anger, but yet turn, and yet not turn into sinful anger? So, I mean, those are some examples right there. And you got some more biblical examples, Jonathan? Um, I was just thinking more Christian examples. I know uh, I've actually gone back and forth with some Christian brothers and and um, just about, you know, I just just telling them, it's like, man, you know, I can tell they have good intentions. I can tell they want to honor God. But, um, you know, it seems like they're they're not doing it righteously. It's like they're 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 responding in anger. They're treating people with anger. And, and uh, I just like, you know, I just don't know if that's the way to go about it. Uh, but then at a certain point, you know, if somebody uh, that's the thing is everything he just talked about, you know, there's there's times even in some of that where it's OK for you to be angry. Um, you know, and then the other question pops up, okay, you know, if someone mistreats me and, you know, like Jesus says, he says to turn the other cheek, you know, um, is it, is it wrong and sinful of me to get upset about, you know, somebody punching me in the face or, um, you know, is it, or is it only wrong when I punch them back? You know, it's, these are valid questions, especially when you start talking about, um, you know, especially when we start figuring out how do we respond in righteous anger? You know, how do I deal with with people I agree with, disagree with theologically about different topics? I mean, how do I talk about that without getting um, angry to the point of sin? Um, you know, because there is uh, I think we're going to see in Ephesians 426 is kind of our theme verse for this podcast. But it says, be angry and do not sin. And if there's anything we've learned from this overview of scripture we did is that there are times where you can be angry and not sin. And so what does that look like? Um, and then we've actually got a few comments on Facebook we're going to look at uh, towards the end. We're going to talk about some of those and kind of our thoughts on them. You know, uh, do we agree? Do we disagree? You know, is there abuses to some of those? Because, um, you know, I, I've seen the excuses people use. They'll say, you know, like a pastor will say, you know, well, I'm just angry about this because God's angry about this because God's word says it. And they'll say stuff like the truth hurts. Um, ironically, yeah. we're recording this on a Wednesday and tonight. My sermon is actually about um, the superpower you never knew you had. You're using your words in a way that honors God, a way that's loving, um, even in the midst of anger. Uh, so it's it's going to be an interesting discussion, uh, I think, on this podcast and even tonight during the youth group. It's going to I think this I think this podcast is going to contribute to the sermon I preached tonight. So <laughs> yeah, and you can have such extreme examples where. I still remember one guy who claimed he was a Christian and got mad about homosexuals because homosexuality is a sin in the Bible, and he found a gay club and ran his car through it. It's like you have extreme examples of that, and most people are like, or I would say 99% of people are like, yeah, that is not righteous anger. He's going against what God told him to, even though he's probably started righteous anger. He knew it was wrong. That's why he was angry because it was against God, and then he just took it to a whole nother level. Yeah. And then I think what I've toyed with, what I've fought with, is how do I respond when I have that anger? Especially Facebook, I see certain things like, this is wrong, let's stand together. And then they just post it for everybody to see and add some words to it along with it. And it's like, 
is that really righteous anger? The way I respond, if I'm just sharing it on Facebook and the comments that I leave to people, and how do I not mess with maybe my testimony to them, my growth and the process of witnessing to them? Because anger is, James talks about the tongue being a flaming fire that can burn a whole lot. Small words, small amount of words, it can hurt. Yeah, and like we said in the Church and Politics podcast, I think the same principle always uh, also stands here, that the goal is the gospel and the, the, the advancement of the gospel. So uh, even when we're thinking about anger, and towards the end, we're going to give some principles, uh, but even when we're thinking about that, we're going to think, how can we advance the gospel? Is this advancing of the gospel? And uh, so it may be that some people's misunderstanding of righteous anger comes from their misunderstanding of the gospel. If the gospel is about condemnation and not about love, then of course, that's how you're going to present your anger. You're going to consider it righteous anger. You know, like, like the worst one was when they had the shooting in a club in Orlando and Westboro Baptist church said that God sent the shooter into the club. I'm like, okay, um, no, <laughs> you know, that, that's not, that's not, that's not righteous anger there. All right. You're not, you're not, that's, that's not a God honoring anger when you're, when you, um, when you're, you're so angry that you think people should die, you know? Um, but yeah. there are, I mean, there are times like even um, in the Psalms and I, I go ahead, I'll go ahead and mention this because I don't think we wrote any down, but there's times where David gets super angry in the Psalms and, and um, you know, he's like, I wish these people would die, but he's like, then, then he turns back to God and say, God, I know that you're more wiser than me. God, I know that you're more compassionate than me. You're more merciful than me, you know? And so you see some of that uh, pop up in David's life where, yeah, there is a way we can be angry, we can vent, but not actually show that anger and sin with that anger. Um, so, anyways, let's let's get into it. Um, I think we've already we're already off to a good start on the discussion. Um, so, we're going to look at some of this stuff, and um, and to be honest with you, the way I studied this podcast is I just kind of looked and said, okay, um, where where are some passages in the Bible um, about anger? And uh, the first time I the first time, I don't, I don't know how true this is, but uh, at least in my concordance I was using, the first time anger is used is actually with Jacob and Esau. Esau gets angry at his brother. Uh, but I, I'm actually going to go ahead and skip to um, uh, when, when God and Moses gets angry. Uh, very, it's a very interesting story because in this same story, you get uh, this conversation between God and Moses on Mount Sinai. And then you also get Moses getting angry at Aaron and the people of Israel. And then Moses goes back to God and then God gets angry at the people of Israel. So it's, it's a very interesting story, but it's found in Exodus 32, um, uh, Exodus 32 verse 10. Okay. So they're, they're very far. I don't, I don't know at this point where they're at in the journey. Um, but I don't, I think, I think they're not, they're not, they're maybe a couple of years in or something at this point, but um, yeah. either way, yeah, they haven't they haven't received uh, they haven't received the law yet. So, uh, but anyways, uh, so they're they're on their journey in the wilderness, and, uh, and so God gets angry at the Israelites, and that's one thing you see during the journey in the wilderness is that between God and Moses, one of them is pretty much always angry at the Israelites, <laughs> if not both of yeah. them. Um, uh, but uh, let's see, kind of starting with thirty two ten. Now, this is, this is what's interesting. I'll read verse 9, too, because this is actually God. And I want to read verse 9 because I want you to see that it's God. But in 32, Exodus 32, 9, it says, The Lord also said to Moses, I have seen this people, and they are indeed a stiff-necked people. 
Now leave me alone so that my anger can burn against, against them <clears throat> and I can destroy them. Then I will make you into a great nation. Uh, so it's interesting that it's, it's Moses. I mean, not Moses, but it's God himself says, okay, Moses, leave me alone so I can unleash my anger, unleash my vengeance against the people of Israel and destroy them. And then what ends up happening is Moses actually pleads with God, which is just so ironic to me because of how angry Moses is always is just always angry with the Israelites. But Moses pleads with God and says, God, you know, uh, he, he uh, it says in verse 11, but Moses sought the favor of the Lord, his God, and kind of explained to him, you know, what, you know, you did promise Abraham that his offspring would last forever and all this stuff. And so it says that God relented or repented or whatever. That's, that's a whole different discussion, but, um, but it does say that God changed his mind about how to deal with the Israelites here. And, uh, and so we could see though, there's a couple of things to get out of this is we can see that God was angry. God had a good reason to be angry. And, um, and, and, and it's, it's so much different with God because if God is the basis of righteousness, if he's the, the, uh, the supreme, the ultimate being of all of these different things uh, in our lives, you know, you want to learn more about what I'm talking about, check, check out the ontological argument for, for God. But if he is that supreme being, if he makes the most wise and thought out choices out of uh, anything in all of existence, then when God gets angry and he does something, we know that it's righteous anger, right? And so God is actually righteous in destroying them. But the reason that we would not be righteous in destroying somebody is because we ourselves are not righteous, but God is perfectly righteous. We ourselves are not righteous, so we don't have that ability. But what's interesting, though, is as you read the rest of the Old Testament, as you see in the Exodus story, is that God, even though the Israelites, they deserve some very harsh punishment, and they did, they got some pretty harsh punishment, is that God, his mercy, his grace, and his love always outweighs his wrath and his anger every single time. And uh, it's, it's just absolutely amazing. So, uh, so anyways, we learn from all this that, that God gets angry uh, with us. All right. And so I do think, like I said, I do think there's a difference between what God's able to do versus what we're able to do, given our righteousness. But um, I think the principle, I think it's just good for us to know that, yes, God, even God gets angry sometimes. Then we'll see when we get to the New Testament, there's a time where God incarnate in Jesus Christ even gets angry. Um, uh, and so then later on in the chapter, is there anything you want to say about that, Christian? No, you're good. Okay. So okay. later on in the chapter, um, <laughs> so Moses is literally up there on, on the mountain. He comes down off of the mountain to find out that Aaron has sat around and, and let the people make a golden calf and have been worshiping the golden calf. All right. So uh, it, Moses is not very happy at all. And it says in, um, in verses 19 through 20, as he approached the camp and he saw the calf and the dancing, um, Moses, be, you know, listen, you know how it is like when, uh, for those of us who have siblings, you know how it is like when when you would hurt like your sibling would get hurt and it was your fault you know and uh, they're crying all this stuff well you want to go you want to first of all you try to calm them down tell them shit but you also run to your parents and try to explain the situation to them before they get there you know to try to calm them down before they get super angry at you um so Aaron actually goes up to Moses and he says um uh actually Joshua goes up to Moses so he says when heard the sound of the people as they shouted he said to Moses there is a sound of war in the camp. Moses said, it's not the sound of a victory cry. It's not the sound of a cry of defeat. 
I hear the sound of singing. And then he goes down there and he finds them worshiping this golden calf. Um, so it says, as he approached the camp and he saw the calf and he saw the dancing, Moses became enraged and threw the tablets out of his hands. Those are the Ten Commandments. Threw the tablets out of his hands, smashing them at the base of the mountain. He took the calf they had made, burned it up, and ground it to powder. He scattered the powder over the surface of the water, and he forced the Israelites to drink the water. Uh, That's kind of nuts, man. He's angry. And uh, I think here, this is Moses in his righteous anger. We know this because later on, he goes to God, and God says... uh, he, he, Moses tells God what's happened, which God already knows, but he tells, he tells God what's happened. He said, your people have sinned against you. And in verses 33 to 35, it says, the Lord replied to Moses, whoever has sinned against me, I will erase from my book. Now go ahead. Now go lead the people to the place I told you about. See, my angel will go before you. But on the day I settle accounts, I will hold them accountable for their sin. And the Lord inflicted a plague on the people for what they did with the calf Aaron had made. So Um, You know, we already kind of talked about God being having the right to be angry. So I want to focus on Moses there for just a second. Moses uh, was angry about the idol worship. He was angry about the idol worship, and he kind of went a little overboard destroying the idol. And God doesn't condemn him or anything. And it's almost like God supported him in that destruction, that anger. And so it seems like we have an example of Moses getting angry and not sinning. But we also know that Moses, through this time in the Exodus, that Moses, uh, did sin and and uh, you know and some of the anger he had with God and, and and the people and the frustrations he had it caused him not to be able to see the promised land um, so we do see that Moses did also have times where he got angry and he sinned and he shouldn't have done something like that um, but uh, here we do see an, an example of an Old Testament uh, patriarch that uh, actually sinned he was righteous and he was angry but he did not sin. I think it's, I think it's an awesome example. We'll, we'll, we'll uh, definitely need that when we get to our principles at the end. Um, so Christian, is there anything else you wanted to say there about Moses or God or anything? Yeah, well, we see with Moses, it's, it seems to be a pretty harsh punishment to us. But I mean, sometimes just punishments can be harsh. And Moses at this point really hadn't fallen into idol worship like they had. So he's speaking from someone who really hasn't struggled with that. He didn't have that sin in his life. And I mean, he has the Holy Spirit or God that had come upon him at that moment to be that person to come before Israel. And it talks about Moses going and having to veil his face. Like he had been in the presence of God. He had just come from that and to go down and have that, have to destroy everything. And then you were talking about how he didn't get into the promised land. It's because God told him to speak to a rock. He was so mad with the Israelites. Instead of speaking to it, he struck it. Basically got mad and hit it with his cane, or hit it with his staff, not his cane. He was pretty old. But he just <laughs> smacked it with his cane, got mad. And, I mean, I think we all have been there, wanted to strike things in our anger, and we see that that's not always the answer. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, I mean, God is a, uh, I mean, not God, Moses is a, I always kind of equate him to a pastor, but he's, I don't know about a pastor necessarily, but he was a shepherd. He watched over his people and uh, you know, but, but at the very least he was just a servant of God. And, and so he wanted to serve God to the best of his ability here. And so um, he wanted to, to defend the honor of God, which was being, 
which was being uh, disrespected, basically disgraced by the Israelites and then officially by Moses himself. So, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be important when we get to our principles. Uh, so now let's talk about this time of the judges. This is another another chance where uh, another point where where God is angry. Um, it says in Judges 2.14, now Judges, the phrase that always pops up is that the people did what was right in their own eyes. And in Judges 2.14, it says, And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, and he delivered them into the hands of spoilers that spoiled them, and he sold them into the hands. That's not, that's not, uh, that's not like uh, they, they were delivered to their grandparents who spoiled them with gifts and honey, you know. Uh, these, these were not good spoilers. Um, <laughs> he sold them into the hands of their enemies roundabout, so they could not uh, any longer stand before um, their enemies. Uh, Christian, you want to take it over there? We're talking about, you know, the time of the judges and how God got angry with them and and, uh, and all that. And I'll, I'll kind of jump in, too, if I think of any anything unique. Yeah, I mean, this was a time where they had pretty much gone into the promised land. And they just started in their whole sinful self where they came into the promised land. They're like, yes, Lord, we're going to follow you. We're going to follow your commandments. And they didn't. So God had to send in these judges to pretty much put them right in their place. And this type of anger we see throughout judges can be kind of fall into the same line of discipline. He was disciplined the Israelites, it said, to the point of where they cannot stand. They can no longer stand in their worship, no longer stand in their worship of idols, but they have to turn back to the Lord. And so you see the repeated cycle throughout judges where a judge would come the Israelites would be sinning. They would cry out to God. This judge would come and win victory over that nation, whoever was oppressing the Israelites. And then they would be at a period of peace. The judge would reign for a little longer. They'd be at a period of peace. And then they would be in this sinful pattern again. They would turn back to that owl worship. And then once again, God became angry. And it's repetitive, repetitive. And I mean, I think we can see that same principle in our lives where even after something so monumental that we can turn to anger so easily and turn back to the ways that we were. And we see that here, especially with the judges. Yeah, one, one of the things, uh, you know, I preached through Ruth, the beginning of the tap, chapter, uh, chapter one of Ruth, it says during the time of the judges when the story takes place, and one of the things I think is absolutely remarkable um, is that even during the time, the, the fact that there even is, there were even were judges uh, when the when the Israelites were being oppressed shows that God was merciful. Uh, he was he was gracious towards his people, even when he was angry with them. Uh, that's pretty interesting. Even at the end of chapter two, uh, which the first judge doesn't come till chapter three. But even at the end of chapter two in verse 20, it says the Lord's anger burned against Israel. And he declared, because this nation has violated my covenant that I made with their fathers and disobeyed me, I will no longer drive out before them any of the nations Joshua left when he died. Um, so even if he just did that and it stopped there, he would be righteous in what he did. But in verses 21 through 22, or in 22, he says, uh, I did this to test Israel and see whether or not they would keep the Lord's way by walking in it as their fathers had. The Lord left these nations and did not drive them out immediately. He did not hand them over to Joshua. Um, so it's interesting that um, 
when God showed his anger here, he didn't just show his anger because he wanted to be angry. Um, his anger has a purpose. Uh, it has, it, he, he is teaching within his anger. And so it's kind of like discipline. You know, in Hebrews, it says that the father disciplines the one he loves, just like our father in heaven disciplines us because he loves us. And so you mixed into the midst of God's anger is even his own love. And so uh, I think that's also another principle we'll talk about here at the end is how love is mixed in with anger and how there's a purpose for the anger and not just uh, the purpose of being angry is not just to be angry and vent and all this stuff. It's it's it, it needs to be a purpose and needs to be purposes in uh, aligned with God's purposes. Um, so it's always been, it's always been something extra special that stood out to me in the, in the book of judges. Uh, I've got two more. We've got two more here. Uh, one of them, you know, we talked about uh, before how, you know, David in, in the Psalms and how sometimes he would get angry or whatever was well, Psalm 35. Uh, <coughs> this is about God's anger. We're going to need this first when we get back to the principles as well, but it says for his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor, a lifetime. Weeping may stay overnight, but there's joy in the morning. So even when uh, uh, even when God is angry, God keeps his promises. God cares about the people he's angry with. And so we as Christians, as we're going to talk about at the very end, but we as Christians, we'll go ahead and put it in here now, um, that when, when we are angry, um, when we are angry, you need to have that same heart as God. And that's how we protect ourselves from unrighteous anger is we have that righteous anger that matches that righteous anger of God. And how God gets angry, but he still keeps his promises. He still, he, 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 you know, like, like, like the psalmist says, you know, weeping may be overnight, but there is joy in the morning because God, even in his anger, does not give up on the people he loves. Um, yeah, it's just, that's, it's always very interesting. Anything you want to say there, Christian, I'll go ahead and talk about Jonas. Yeah, you were talking about just how God's anger has this redemptive aspect to it. That even in his anger, it's to discipline them, to bring them back to himself. It's to redeem the place of Israel. And I know we got a couple more examples, but um, reading through the Old Testament, you can see that in almost every aspect. We don't have too much on the prophets, but as you go through the prophets, even, it's the story of the reason God's sending the prophets is because Israel's messing up. And they're being oppressed and judgment is coming. But there's always, towards the end of the book, they say there is a remnant of Israel. God's still keeping his promises. You have the Mosaic Covenant. You have the Abrahamic Covenant. God is still keeping his promise to this day. And, I mean, if we look at around us, we're probably just as unrighteous as the world was when God destroyed it uh, with Noah. But God said he will never flood the earth again. And so he continues to keep that promise even in. And he continues to hold back his wrath so that others may come to himself, so that others might be saved. So always cool seeing that. Yeah. Um, and, and then one last example. Um, and like we said, you know, we say this all the time every podcast, but we can't cover everything. Uh, but we, nah. cover, we cover enough to get our points across and stuff or the word of God's point. Um, but um, the last one I want to talk about is Jonah. And uh, Jonah's, his story has been heavy on my mind because we've been doing it in our, in our uh, small groups at church on Sundays. But uh, 
But in, in the story of Jonah, at the very end, Jonah gets like super upset. Uh, he gets super upset about God not destroying the Ninevites. In Jonah 4, 1, uh, chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Jonah was greatly displeased and became furious because the Ninevites weren't destroyed. And so uh, God pretty much, he just tells him, he said, who's who gave you the right to be angry, you know? Um, and so... <laughs> Uh, the rest of the chapter is God trying to get the point across to Jonah that uh, uh, to, <laughs> it's hard to find the book when you're talking. Um, but anyway, so he's 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 trying to get the point across to Jonah that, you know, Jonah, I, I care about these people and the people repented. That's that's that was the main reason that God didn't. Uh, you know, condemn them or, or, or bring his judgment upon them because they repented. Um, and, and what's interesting is, uh, is the, the book of Jonah ends on this verse. So we don't really know what happened. I think we can probably guess that he did not destroy the Ninevites, at least not now. Uh, but it says uh, in, in the very last verse, it says, but may I, may I not care about the great city of Nineveh, which has more than 120,000 people who cannot distinguish between their right and their left as well as many animals you see and and so god uh god yeah he had the god has the right again he has the right to be to judge anybody because none of us can can match the righteousness of god um nobody there is no one righteous not even one person is actually righteous so we all deserve the judgment and wrath of god and i would even argue that christian believers deserve judgment and wrath more than non-christian believers because like he said here, the Ninevites they don't even know they're right from their left. You know, I think that's kind of what he's getting at is they don't they don't know what's right and what's wrong. They just know uh, now they have repented. And so that's all uh, that's all they know right now. They have repented. And uh, so God, God doesn't bring his judgment upon them. He doesn't bring his anger upon them, even though he had the right to be angry. Um, and that's very interesting how, you know, God just doesn't get angry because something has happened. But he also leaves room for. Uh, forgiveness for repentance and things like that there's 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 all that's mixed into his righteous anger um, towards his people or even towards the Ninevites who were not his people um, you know so it's uh, I don't know it's just it's interesting to, to to read that and just see how God responded to Jonah and I think there's a lot we can learn there uh, from that too we'll come back to eventually but is there anything you wanted to add there in the in there or anywhere else in the Old Testament before we move on to the new I think with Jonah, we kind of see the act of somebody coming with righteous anger, but eventually turning it away. Because he started being angry with the Ninevites for sinning against God. And eventually God threw him out there and made him preach to the Ninevites. And then you see this self-righteousness of Jonah come through where he says, I deserve the grace of God, but they do not. They've had all this sin. I've done all this work for you, and yet they're getting your grace just as I am. So he goes from this righteous anger to this anger of self, uh, brought on upon by self-righteousness. So we see a good example there of how it can turn pretty quickly. Yeah. All right, so now we're going to get on. we got to uh, go ahead and move on to the New Testament uh, passages. The New Testament is a little different. Because we, we only have a few narratives about anger. Um, then, of course, Revelation and all the wrath and stuff in Revelation. But, um, but we're going to talk about a couple of things. Specifically, 
uh, in the Gospels uh, that are actually narratives, things that were, were um, uh, you know, were, were especially when Jesus goes into the temple, that's always everybody's go-to when they talk about righteous anger. And, um, you know, and it's, it's just so funny to see how people just twist and change and everything with that story to make it fit whatever they want it to mean. But <laughs> it's... Uh, Let me go around and whip people, right? Yeah, right. Um, so, Christian, why don't you lead us in the uh, New Testament discussion? I'll just kind of jump in as we go. Yeah, so we have this passage in Luke, and, I mean, you said it was the first thing. That's the first story that comes to my mind when I think of righteous anger because we don't see Christ really. Uh, a lot of the books, we see him as a silent lamb, even at the point where he was on trial to be crucified. He really didn't say much. He was a lamb that was led to slaughter. And so we see this outright, we see this discipline coming from Christ. And we think, wow, this is significant. What is about this righteous anger? And so Luke 19, towards the end of the chapter, 45 through 48, it says, He went into the temple and began to throw out all those who were selling. And he said, It is written, My house will be a house of prayer but you have made it a den of thieves. Every day he was teaching in the temple, and the chief priests, the scribes, and the leaders of the people were looking for a way to kill him, but they could not find a way to do it because all the people were captivated by what they heard. And so we see this example. Jesus is coming into the temple, and at this point he sees the just pretty much almost destruction that they've made it. The people that God had put in there, the priests were the ones who were selling these indulgences. They were making a mockery of what it was. Said that den of thieves, they were basically selling offerings for overpriced. We see this is kind of like a pre uh, reformation story. It's kind of pre reformation. They were doing exactly that right before Martin Luther came on during the reformation. They were selling these indulgences. They were just trying to make money off of the people. They were taking advantage of people. And one of the comments we got on Facebook connects to this verse, and we'll talk about that later, just this view of injustice. And Jesus was coming in, getting mad at the injustices that were going on. And it was his father's house, this place of holiness, purity, righteousness, was becoming sinful. So at that point, he drove them out. And he made a point and said, this is a house of prayer, not a den of thieves. You have disowned your position, almost like excommunicated. You basically told him to get out. And I think another point towards the end of this, after this has happened, the chief priests, everybody was trying to get him killed. And yet he still appeared blameless before the people. So I think you can see that it must have, it was a display of righteous anger where he came with the injustice and he drove them out and yet was still found blameless before the people. You got anything to add to that section, Johnson? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting story. And this is, I mean, of all the passages we're going to talk about, this is going to be the most important because this is from Jesus himself, who is uh, the, the incarnation of God, the God um, on the earth. So 
He's the incarnation of God. And so this, when we look at Jesus, we see God. He says, if you see me, you've seen the father. Um, you know, so uh, when we're reading this story, we see that God, that Jesus didn't just come in there and tell people, hey, you shouldn't do that. No, very dramatically. Uh, I mean, he was, you know, it says in another gospel, he had the whip and he was whipping them out of the, out of the temple. And, uh, you know, he was, he was flipping tables and, and uh, yeah. all this stuff. And so it was a righteous anger. So now you could say something like, you know, um, oh, okay. So it's okay to flip a table, right? If I'm mad when I'm playing Monopoly, I can flip the table and it's okay because Jesus flipped tables. No, obviously yeah. that's not why Jesus did it. We got to, this is one thing I'll always, I always in my uh, like messages and sermons and stuff with is, is you got to ask the why, why am I doing this? Why did Jesus go away there and do that? Um, and it's interesting, of course, this too is towards the end of Jesus's life. And, yeah. um, you know, so when Jesus got towards the end of his life, he started getting a little more aggressive with his teachings because he knew that his teachings were going to make the Pharisees mad and the religious leaders mad. And so uh, this is all towards the end of his teaching, I believe. But, um, you know, that's kind of debated. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyways, I mean, the point still stands, though, is that Jesus, he he did this. And it looks like the why is because. Uh, well, he says it, it is written, my house will be a house of prayer. But then Jesus says, he says, but you've made it a den of thieves. So he says that you guys are abusing, you know, what God has given you, what God has intended for this place, you know, so that's why we can get, I think we can get kind of, I, I think we can have some righteous anger towards our church when our church is not uh, using our facilities, it's not using our church for the good of the gospel and it's turned it in i mean there's there are churches out there that have turned their their church into a den of thieves and uh so and one of the other things you also see in the gospels is that and it says it here that the pharisees were mad the pharisees wanted to kill him and uh one of the things that i always point out to people is that within jesus's life the people he got the most angry with were the ones who thought they were hot stuff the pharisees the religious leaders, they thought they were hot stuff. They thought they were the best of the best. They always looked down on people. Those were the people he got the most frustrated with. Those are the people he argued with the most, um, you know, and then there was also, you know, and then, and then, you know, Paul dealt with a lot of non-Christian people, you know, and just seeing how he dealt with non-Christian people, I think is the same idea that, he, that God was trying to convey to Jonah that these people, they just don't know. And like Jesus says, you know, there's uh, that, that heaven will rejoice over the, repentance of one sinner than over 99 people who don't need repentance i think he was hinting at the religious leaders who thought oh we're so great we're so great we don't need repentance you know um but it's just interesting that, that jesus yes he does get angry and he does some stuff and, and now granted there's probably not many contexts where it would probably be okay for you to just bust up in a church and start throwing stuff or whatever but bringing yeah. stuff up to your pastor calling out other church members when they're getting off track of what the gospel is intended for. You know, I love it when people, I don't love it, but you know, I find it helpful. I should say when people come and kind of critique me as a youth pastor, and they say, why are you doing that event? If it's, if there's no gospel involved. And, and so it always kind of helps me remember, okay, where, where's my gospel at here? You know, is this an event like more of a relationship building event? Uh, you know, because uh, you know, relational relationships are important for the gospel or stuff like that. But um, yeah, it's just a fascinating story, and this is it's it's of the utmost importance when we come to this topic. Yeah, and I thought of 
this while you were talking about the example where we were we say we can flip tables since Jesus flipped tables, but you brought up the example of monopoly, which is usually something people think of when they're losing at the game. But there's a lot of difference between being butthurt because you're losing and the unrighteousness that was happening within there. You losing is not unrighteous because you're not that hot stuff. You don't deserve the grace that was given to you. So it's a whole different context, whole different meaning. I think it's a lot of – I did a lesson on uh, giving earlier this week, and I think it's a lot of what's the matter with the heart. Where's the heart at in all of this? Because with giving, we can give all, and there can be all this anger, but if there's not the right heart behind it, then it's twisted. It's worth nothing. But now going towards the beginning of Jesus's ministry, we have the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew, and he specifically talks about anger to a different degree. He says in Matthew 5, starting in verse 21 through 26, he says, you have heard that it was said to our ancestors, do not murder, and whoever murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you, everyone who is angry with his brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Whoever insults his brother or sister will be subject to the court. Whoever says you fool will be subject to hellfire. So if you are offering your gift on the altar and there you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First, go and be reconciled with your brother or sister and then come and offer your gift. Reach a settlement quickly with your adversary while you're on the way with him to the court or your adversary will hand you over to the judge and the judge to the officer and you will be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will never get out of there until you have paid the last penny. And so he takes this idea of anger, murder to a whole different level, because we see in the Ten Commandments, it's you shall not murder. And now Jesus takes it to this next level and says, even if you are angry at your brother, you're a subject of judgment. You are accused of murder, basically. And so. He kind of goes on and whoever says you fool will be subject to hellfire. You kind of see a progression where if you get angry, you're subject to judgment. Then if you insult them, then if you continue to just berate them, to mock them, you will be subject to even more judgment as this progression goes. And so I think you can see where anger can be bad in itself depending on what you're angry at but it's a progression what do you do from there it's like when thoughts pop into your head do you take them captive and you stop them there or do you let them fester do you let them continue to grow to the point where it becomes sin and we see god judging anger judging that there's always going to be conflict there's going to be conviction that comes and there's going to be consequences for your anger, and judgment must be paid for the anger. Got anything to add for the Sermon on the Mount, Jonathan? Uh, not right now. I'll come, we'll come back to when we get to the, the principles. Sounds good. So last, lastly, there's a lot more in the New Testament, but we've only got – we don't want to keep you all here all day listening to a podcast. But – James 1, 19 through 20 says, my dear brothers and sisters, understand this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. 
for human anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. So we see here that human anger does not accomplish God's righteousness. So it's not our place to go out and try to bring justice in many ways. Because like with the shooter you had mentioned earlier with the other guy I mentioned earlier, they were trying to bring justice upon the situation themselves. But as we see, anger and justice brought on by another human who suffers from the same things that these other people are in just different aspects of your lives. It's never going to be perfect. And I think quick to listen and slow to speak will cause you to be slow to anger. Because oftentimes where our anger becomes sinful is when we start to speak right at the moment everybody does it when you're in a fight and you're just steadily arguing with one another you're eventually going to say something you're going to regret unless you just sit there wait and decipher what's exactly going on if you come from the moment you're going to say something it's going to become sin you're going to berate the other person you're going to insult them you're going to call them a fool so judgment will come because of that you got any other new testament examples you can think of before we get into the practicality of it jonathan um i I don't think so because uh, like we were kind of discussing earlier a lot of the new testament stuff is not as much narrative uh, as it is the principle so uh, but I will I will say one thing we didn't really put in our outline is the the stuff that happens in Revelation, um, yeah. you know, because somebody would say, well, Jesus is going to, you know, if Jesus is going to come back and allow the world to you know be conquered, you know, why why couldn't we help out now, you know, um, but I, I think uh, we're going to talk about the principles, but I, I think that we see in Revelation that there ain't nowhere in Revelation that says the Christians or the human beings are the ones that do the judging, you know, uh, yeah. we're the ones worshiping and crying out to God in heaven and, and just look at this, you know, absolutely majestic throne and, uh, you know, just learning, uh, learning and watching and, and just this praising Jesus and well, the, the whole Trinity there in that spot in heaven. Uh, so, uh, I don't think that there's anything, uh, if anything in revelation, we know that the stuff that we're angry about the most, uh, which pretty much all anger roots from sin, you know, all anger roots from sin. We would no one, none, if there was no sin, none of us would be angry. Okay. Um, and so we know in revelation that it says that uh, there will be an end. There will be an end to death. There will be an end to anger. There will be an end to, to sin, all that stuff. There, it will come to an end and it's when Jesus brings it to an end. Um, so that's important. That's very important to see what what's the ultimate outcome. What's the end game? It's it's Jesus Christ coming back to rule and reign. Um, so yeah, so let's let's do it. Let's get into the practical application. Um, so the practical application. This is where we're going to talk about. So how can I be angry and not sin? And what are some things you know that we should be angry about? Um, we're going to talk about a couple of examples. I, I shared it all over Facebook and got you know five or six responses about um, you know times where people think this constitutes righteous anger um or because my question on facebook was what constitutes righteous anger and uh, so these are a couple of the responses so we want to give some uh, just kind of give our thoughts on some of them and um and uh, then talk about some of our own 
so Ali said, she said, uh, when someone claims to be a Christ follower, but openly mocks his worship in the middle of worship, um, <laughs> you know, being that that's my wife, I know exactly what she's talking about and the exact circumstance she's talking about. So I, I'll just, uh, we'll just, we'll just, uh, we'll, we'll level it around. Okay. I won't uh, specify anything, but, um, <laughs> you know, we see that a lot. You got Christians who just back like Christians, but they want to be funny, especially in youth ministry, yeah. you know? I don't know about you, Christian, but literally sure. every single week I, I do a I do a worship song because I don't have anybody that uh, can play an instrument right now or anything. But either way, anyways, we do a YouTube video and that's how we worship. So uh, and I I spend every single Wednesday at least a minute just explaining how now we are coming to a time where we are serious. We are worshiping God Almighty who has a relationship with us. I mean, it's kind of the gist of it. However, I say it differently, but um, that's the gist of what I say. Um, so. So what we're seeing there is I think we I think that does constitute righteous anger. Like I've had times where I've I've uh, led a worship song or or had the video playing or whatever and people are just cutting up, they're texting, they're talking and I said nope, nope, nope. They turn the lights back on, pause the music, I get up there and I say listen, you guys have misunderstood what kind of time this is. You know, but there's a different way in staying, you know, because even even like this is what we've got to get it through our heads is that even when we have the right to be angry, even according to the scriptures, where if somebody's disrespecting the glory of God and we have the right to be angry, we also have to know that the, the words we say in those moments are of utmost importance. As we are angry, as we're expressing that anger and frustration because God's glory is being downplayed, um, we have to remember the words we say uh, matter. And uh, so, you know, you get up there and say, you stupid idiot. That's what I've, that's been my phrase. I've always been known to say, you know, I don't, I, that's when I was a kid that my siblings used to make fun of me because I used to call you, I say, you stupid idiot, you know? Um, so obviously if you get up there and say, you idiots, you, 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 I don't know what other words you could say, uh, but you know, there's a ton of other things you could say, but obviously if you get up there and say that you, are you really accomplishing the purpose that you set out to accomplish? You know, or could you get up there and say, listen, guys, I said, you guys are disrespecting God. I said, you're not, this isn't even about me, which sometimes I know that I feel like it was about me. But, uh, you know, I would say, you know, this is not, this is not about me. This is about you disrespecting the God of the universe because you will not take worship of him seriously. And, uh, and it's something that I think a lot of those Christians, like in my youth group, I think it's just something they just need to mature in, you know? And uh, just need to strengthen that relationship with God to where those words actually have meaning to them um, when they sing them, you know? Um, so, yeah, I think, I think that's a, I think that I, I would agree. I don't know about you, Christian, but I would agree here that there are, there is, um, there is a righteous anger that comes with that. And we see it in churches all the time too. Even, even adults yeah. that just completely disrespectful Christian adults, completely disrespectful to the worship of our God. Yeah. And I think people can, this is like almost a whole nother podcast, but just the way people respond and worship and what they, their opinions on worship and they turn it and think that that's the right and only thing to do. And so it goes from you're right, angry, being angry that worship is happening, but is it really not happening or is it not happening in your preference? And so it doesn't really matter. But I definitely agree with you. So, yeah, and then and then again, I mean, in, you know, if you're talking about Christians, I think that there is a righteous anger, and that we need to express that. 
especially for us as pastors, because we need to express it because we're, we're there to disciple our, our teens. And so, um, but you know, like me and Christian, we went to a, a, a Christian school that was full of 80% athletes. So we had a lot of people in there that uh, were not Christians and they thought it was funny when Christians would raise their hands to sing and stuff like that. And it was so funny. Like I remember Nate telling me that, you know, they used to, they used to make fun of people before he got saved. He would he, even hit himself. He would make fun of the Christians raising their hands and stuff during worship. And, you know, then he got saved and now, you know, he's the one being made fun of, but, you know, I think that, and again, that goes back to, to what God told Jonah. It's like, they don't even know they're right from their left. You know, uh, how can you get mad at somebody who doesn't have that relationship with God? Uh, so yeah, I think there's a couple of different, uh, different ways you could go with that kind of discussion, but uh, okay. Let, let's talk about the next one. Um, getting mad at injustice from Corey. Um, you know, that's uh, obviously that's a, that's a, that's a hot topic now. <laughs> yeah. Very wide. I mean, are we talking about murders? Are we talking about the racial issues that have been popping up? Um, you know, what, what injustice are we talking about? But obviously uh, it can go very wide. Um, uh, uh, Christian, why don't you start us off in that discussion? Yeah, I think she's probably, talking about the un- injustice and even be talking about injustice in politics injustice in the black community and then we've had slavery both past and now slavery present where it's with sex trafficking with child labor laws and those things i think are something we need as believers we are going to get angry about it's against the gospel is treating people not in the image of god that we have seen, but it's like, do we just get mad? What do we do with it? Because throughout, I mean, throughout COVID, you had riots everywhere, people burning other people's buildings, people were trying to shoot others that disagreed with them, burning cars and just yelling upon yelling. And that's all that was happening. And then you had multiple fights on Facebook where to the point that's about all you saw was something about this riot, something about that protest, this trial. There was all these racial divides, this injustice happening. But one, like we've kind of been saying, they don't know their right from their left. Unbelievers are not going to act like believers. They don't have any way to act righteous because we're not righteous in ourselves. And so we have to look at our anger within scripture and find out how do we go against this justice, this injustice and bring justice and reconciliation towards the gospel within it. Cause I've read a lot of Tony Evans about it and he's like, yeah, this is an injustice. And the church is to be the forefront in bringing justice, but the gospel is still the main point. That's what they're missing. That's why we should be angry. Is there, the gospel is being mistreated. The gospel is not being shared to the point where these injustices are happening. But it should lead us to God and not to riots, which, I mean, there's a difference between peaceful protests and then what's happened a lot. So yeah. I don't, yeah. I think, and, I, and honestly, uh, you know, we're, I mean, we're, I know we're definitely running out of time here, but, um, and honestly, I, I thought since I started this podcast, I said, you know, I really need to do a podcast on racial injustice. Um, but I just got to be honest with you. I've always felt inadequate, um, 
just because I haven't, I haven't uh, been a part of it, I guess. Um, and then I haven't found someone, um, you know, I found, I found somebody willing to do one, one time. Anyways, y'all need to know about, about that, but, uh, but yeah, I'm definitely looking for somebody. If you want to get on here with me, you want to talk about racial injustice and you know some stuff about it. Um, and even if you've experienced it, uh, first or second hand, I mean, let me know, maybe we can get you on here. Um, like I said, I'm kind of picky about who I let on. Um, but, uh, for, for good reason. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it's, it's definitely a topic and all these things that were mentioned. I mean, these are things we just want to say, yeah, you know, there's pros and cons to it, but, um, all this stuff mentioned in the Facebook comments. I mean, these are things we could spend a whole podcast just talking about what do we do if we, I mean, I think both of us would agree that there is a time and place for, for righteous anger when it comes to injustice, you know, but how does that work out? All we're going to give you in this podcast are the principles pretty much. Um, same thing with Jensi's com uh, or Dylan's comment. Uh, this one's pretty easy. It says when an invader breaks into your home and attempts to rape your wife, um, this one, Facebook actually blocked this one, <laughs> but uh, it says you better be angry and protect her. But um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's another good point, you know, uh, is, is protecting your family. Uh, you know, there's, you know, we got, uh, you know, there's some Christians that try to be like pacifist, you know, and even, um, oh, shoot, who was the guy just popped into my head. Um, Ah, the guy that sent Hitler a letter, but he was a pacifist, and even mm -hmm. he was trying to kill. Uh, he was even he decided he was a Christian, and he he decided that it would actually be better if Hitler died, and he was a pacifist, so it was a pretty big deal. Um, uh, I can't remember the name right now, but um, yeah, if you remember the name, leave it in the comments or something. But I'm sure I'll remember as soon as the podcast is over. But but yeah, that's I think that's a I think that's an example of a time where you have some righteous anger. And, and uh, obviously that's not something where you could just use your words. That's something where you need to act. You know, there's, there's a difference between those two as well. Uh, when to use your words and use them wisely and then when to actually do an action uh, to bring a stop to it. And then what are those actions? I mean, um, you know, bearing, you know, bearing arms and, and all that and, and having weapons, that's, that, that would be an interesting podcast too. Uh, that would be yeah. a good one for get uh, old Ronnie Smith on here, especially since he wrote a book about hunting and stuff, but um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be interesting. Um, and then Jen C, she said uh, something that goes against the word and principles of God. You know, that's kind of a general thing. Um, Charles kind of said more of a general kind of um, kind of a general under under on, on a on over overview of all of what we've been talking about. But you know, any action done out of anger that doesn't result in sin. I mean, I would say that's the definition of righteous anger. Um, uh, so, uh, anyways, we got we want to move on because I know we're running out of time. We want to talk about some principles to take away. So throughout this whole podcast, we've, we've, we've had, um, you know, we've, we've talked about here and there how to act these things out, what the Bible says about them or whatever. But we just want to end with this because I know we didn't answer every question. I know that there's still going to be, well, what about this situation? What about this situation? But you're going to have to deal with each situation differently and uh, you need to check the intent of your heart. So we want to give you some principles to leave with. So that way, as you're wrestling through, how do I respond? How do I do this? How do I do that? What should I do? Um, think about these principles from the scriptures to help you make your decisions on what to do. Okay. Got it, Christian? <laughs> I've got it, man. <laughs> All right. So we're going to try to go through these. Oh, gosh. I thought somebody was doing the podcast. <laughs> Whoa. I'm looking down. Anyways. All right. Oh, wow. So let's go. Um, Matthew 5, 9. Sermon on the Mount, Beatitudes, it says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Uh, obviously, first principle, 
as Christians, it is our goal to seek peace. We should seek peace. And even Paul said to the, to the people when they were under a, a, a under Roman persecution, don't revolt, don't revolt, don't revolt. That's what he kept telling them. Um, you know, it's just, it's not going to advance the gospel uh, by having a, a revolution. So uh, anyways, you had, you had something uh, you want to add there? Yeah, just uh, we're called to bring peace, to be at peace one another with one another if at all costs. And so yeah. don't, it's not acting upon our anger in a way that brings wrath, yeah. which is what we see most of the time. I, you know, honestly, this is one of those things I wish I could uh, just uh, take it out of my Bible. Uh, you know, and some people do that, you know, uh, that's wrong. I'm, I'm actually righteously angry about people who take stuff out of their Bible intentionally because they don't like it. Um, but, you know, you know, it's one of those things that even I struggle with, you know, as a, even as a pastor, I mean, I'm a, I'm a pastor, I'm a Christian, been a Christian for a long time, you know, and people, uh, there, there's some people I'm like, you know what, you don't deserve the peace that I, I could try to make here. You know, you deserve to be upset and angry and, and uh, you know, all that stuff. But, the Bible is clear. I mean, it's, it's, it just can't get any clearer that blessed are the peacemakers. We are supposed to seek peace, uh, but peace is not always possible on this earth. And that's where we get to the second quote. And, and, yep. and so Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers. And then he says this junk uh, in, in Matt's this junk. Uh, I'm going to be freaking shot by lightning today now. Uh, I'm sorry, God. <laughs> I didn't mean to call it junk. It's just how I talk. He knows that. Um, <laughs> Anyways, I'll leave my uh, personal talk with God afterwards. Um, so Matthew chapter 10, verses 32, 39. Therefore, everyone who will acknowledge me before others, I will also acknowledge him before my father in heaven. But whoever denies me before others, I will also deny him before my father in heaven. And then this is where it gets interesting. He says, uh, Matthew 10, 34, don't assume that I came to bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace. Uh, what? Uh, but I, but a sword. Okay, this is not making sense. And then he says, for I came to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, and a man's enemies will be the members of his household. Uh, so this is talking about an unpeaceful home, unpeace, not having peace with your family members. Um, the one who loves a father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. The one who loves a son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever doesn't take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Anyone who finds his life will lose it. And anyone who loses his life because of me will find it. All right. Uh, obviously, if you took that out of context, um, uh, you, could, you, could, you could twist that to do all kinds do of lot. things. Man, you can make that mean a lot. Uh, but if you read it, especially with that very last word, that very last verse in mind, uh, this is, I, I actually preached a, uh, I preached a sermon series and I talked about this and um, the sermon series was called unacceptable because this just seems like something that is just unacceptable. <laughs> you know, it's like, we don't, that doesn't make any sense. You know, he says, blessed are the peacemakers. And he says, but I didn't really come to bring peace. I'm like what? Um, obviously, I think if you, if you read it and you think about it, what he's getting at here is that when you follow Jesus, there's going to be people who do not like you. There's going to be people who you're never going to be at peace with them because they're not at peace with God. It's not that they, they hate you. It's not that they're not at peace with you. It's that they're not at peace with God. Uh, and obviously this can be twisted. You could say, well, 
See, I told you you didn't like me. I, you know, I called you, you know, you call people out and say, you freaking drunk, you know, and obviously you don't have peace because you yelled at them, right? And it has nothing to do with what he's talking about here. What he's talking about here is that, you know, what if like you say, and alcohol is a topic of its own, I know, but um, what if it, if you say, you know, yeah, sure, you can have a sip, but you shouldn't get drunk. And then, you know, people, you don't tell anybody that, you just live that way. And then people don't like it. And people say, well, we won't hang out with you because you won't get drunk with us at the bar. You know, I'm like, okay, this is kind of where that disunity comes. When we, we're honoring God and we're not being offensive to people with our words, but we're, we are just doing what God has called us to do. And then people don't like it. And so uh, we run into this a lot in youth groups where I, I'm preaching to kids who are going home and their parents aren't Christian. So I tell them, I say, listen, you're going to, if you get saved and, or if you already are saved, you're going to go home and your parents are going to think you're crazy. Your parents are going to think you're wasting your time. Your parents are going to do this or that. Your parents are going to be living a completely different way. But Jesus said that, uh, you know, he, he, he said, anyone who takes up his cross, you know, who is not worthy to take up his cross and follow me, is not worthy of me. He says, anyone who gives up his life for my sake will find it. Right. So um, hopefully I kind of made that clear of what all that means. For um, Christian, you got anything else? No, I think that's good. Okay. Uh, you want to do the next one? Yeah. So now we're moving backwards towards the Old Testament. We have Proverbs, Solomon's many wise words from his gift from God to be wise. It says, Proverbs 15, 1, a gentle answer turns away anger, but a harsh word stirs up wrath. And so one of the fruit of the spirits is to be gentle. So a lot of people can take that and say, hey, we need to be passive. But I think there's a difference between being passive and being gentle. We have gentle giants that we see that can uh, do, that can have discipline when it's supposed to have discipline and can be just as gentle as can be when it's the right context. And so when we're angry, the tone that you present it in, the way you say it really does affect it. And I think you can see this a lot with uh, one person to one person interactions on Facebook. You can tell the people who post something that A, they're posting it just for one person to see. It's some petty argument that they brought on to Facebook or B, you know that you posted it just to rile up some people. You know it's going to rile up people when you do it just to pick a fight pretty much. Yeah. And I'll go ahead and read the next one too. A full, uh, okay. a 20, uh, Proverbs 29, 11, a fool gives uh, full vent to his anger, but a wise person holds it in check. You know, there's a way to, there's a way to, to, to deal with your anger and there's a way not to deal with your anger. Okay. Uh, yeah. You don't just, don't just get out there and just start yelling at people because you're angry. That's not, what, what does it accomplish? You know, think about it. What am I accomplishing with this anger? You know? Yeah. Don't try to hype yourself up in your anger. Yeah. And I, I think the next one, uh, Christian kind of already mentioned it before, but Romans 12, 18, if possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Uh, we're the blessed are the peacemakers. We are the peacemakers. We're Christians. We're supposed to bring peace. We're supposed to bring the gospel. The gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ, you know? Um, you know, it's not the angry news of Jesus Christ. It's the good news of Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> the angry news network. That's what we need to call uh, some of these people. A&M. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Oh, man. 
we got it. We got, we got something good. I mean, it kind of be uh, kind of hypocritical for us to run it. So if anybody else, one of y'all that <laughs> don't, don't give a crap on what we said in this podcast, want to start something, you know, <laughs> that'd be the name but, of this podcast. The A&M. Yeah. Right. The A&M. Adrian <laughs> News Network. Um, but yeah, it's important. You know, we want to live at peace with everyone, but he also says, if possible, I know people, and it is absolutely nuts. Like there's people, I walk into a room, they just do not like me. I'm like, why? I haven't even, I haven't said anything. I haven't done anything, you know, and they just do not like me. And then it's absolutely nuts that that happens. And it's, it's just, it baffles me sometimes. But uh, like Jesus said, if, listen, they hated you. Listen, they hated me first. They don't really hate you. They actually hate Jesus. They hate God, you know, uh, I get that a lot, you know, but you gotta, you just, you gotta, it, here, here's a, one of the things, you know, another principle is, uh, I wrote this down, you know, run your anger through the biblical scanner, you know, and just say, okay, um, this person just punched me in the face. Okay. What do I do? All right. What am I thinking? The verses I know, right. This is why you gotta be, yeah. This is why you gotta be, um, in the word, you know, you need to know the word because you need to know what does God say about this? What does the biblical scanner show about this situation? Um, so like that one, you could say, well, Jesus said, if someone slaps you, turn the other cheek to him also, you know, uh, you know, give them the clothes, give people the clothes off your back, you know? Uh, yeah. so, uh, run your anger through the biblical scanner. What does the Bible say about that? And honestly, you could type in on Google and say, what does the Bible say about fighting? And look at all the verses in the Bible about fighting. I guarantee you, God's going to speak to you through that. He's going to give you the answer that you're looking for. Um, you, so you got anything else there, Christian? No, I don't think so. But God will give you the answer, and maybe it's not the answer you want. Yeah. Oftentimes, like leading into the next verse, is talking about vengeance is mine, declares the Lord. I will repay. And we want vengeance for ourselves because we want it here and now. And sometimes the Lord says, you're okay. <laughs> Be okay. Take care of the vengeance in my timing. The vengeance may not come to the end, but it will be repaid. And so sometimes we can't really accept that. We say, I want to see them suffer now. And I think you had, that's what happened to Jonah. He wanted the Ninevites to suffer right then and there. Because we see later in uh, the prophet Nahum that the Ninevites were getting punished. And so that judgment was coming later. But Jonah wanted it there. He wanted a front row seat to see the destruction of Nineveh. And so we get into that mentality, hey, I'm better than these people. And you see the self-righteousness and just the anger that can boil and fester into people. So. Yeah, yeah so run your anger through the biblical scanner. <laughs> You know, now hopefully we kind of gave you a lot of the verses and principles you would need um, in this podcast. You know, I know we covered a lot. I don't know how long we've been on here, but I know it's been a while. <laughs> but Over now. I, I mean, I hope. Yeah, I hope we uh, I hope we just I, I, we just want to lay it out clearly, because this is something that especially in this this like just such a divisive culture we live in. This is something that's super prevalent now. And uh, yeah. as Christians, we need to make sure that we are doing what God has called us to do. And, I, and honestly, every single podcast we could ever talk about, every issue, we could just talk about this one verse 
Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, do it from the heart as something done for the Lord and not for people. Everything you do, do it for the Lord and not for people. It's, it's, that, that's what we need to constantly think about. That should be the primary principle. Is to re- we ask ourselves every time. I like how uh, one preacher, he said in, the, in a sermon series, he would say, you know, at, at, when, you're, when you're trying to decide how to respond in a situation, add the word really on the end to it. You know, on the end of it, you know, why am I making this Facebook post really, you know, uh, why am I, why am I, uh, I don't know, there could be a bunch of other things, but, you know, add that to the end of that question. Why am I really doing this, you know, and, and for youth pastors, you know, we're under a lot of stress. We have a, a lot of kids that they just, they're just annoying and um, <laughs> intentionally. And, you know, sometimes we get angry and stuff. And then, uh, one thing, and we didn't really put this in, this really just popped into my head, but you're going to have times where you, you get angry, you screw up and you shouldn't have, you know, seek forgiveness for that. Admit you're wrong, admit your fault, seek forgiveness and tell people, hey, I should not have got angry uh, about this. You know, I'm sorry that I got angry. I'm sorry that um, I'm sorry that this is, has bothered you or I'm sorry how I responded or whatever it may be. You guys know the situation you're in. Uh, sometimes you just need to seek forgiveness. and um, and and just learn learn better for next time so uh christian got any final thoughts for us yeah i think you pretty much hit it on the head it's this is not a subject that we have mastered by any means um it's something that we're all going to struggle i've with. mastered it no. <laughs> <laughs> maybe jonathan has but we have, i have it yeah there's a, there's going to be somebody that's always getting angry could be you it's all about how we respond what's the heart behind it are we coming from the perspective of the bible are we taking it through the biblical scanner do we feel can we look back at it now and still feel okay that you did that is it something that you're going to be looking at back at in a couple of days and be like wow i was such an idiot why did i do that why did i respond that way yeah and oftentimes, we just sometimes need to keep our mouth shut until we can decipher it, take it through the biblical scanner. Because when something happens in the moment, everybody's like, go with your gut, which that works on tests most of the time. But in real life, in our relationships, in our anger, going with your gut is not the best option. So we have to have time to take it through the biblical scanner. <laughs> Above all us and desperately wicked. That's somewhere in Proverbs. <laughs> it's in there, yeah. I swear. Yeah, somewhere. We probably just combined like four different ones, but it's in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I always liked my dad used to tell me, you know, you have, and anger can cause you to, I mean, you, it can, you, could, you can end up losing your job. You can end up, uh, you know, you could uh, end up dead. <laughs> yeah, you know um all kind i mean all kinds of terrible things but uh you could you could be kicked out of your church you could you could be shunned from your family you know and like my dad always said it, you know it's always harder to ask for forgiveness than it is to not do it in the first place and one of the yeah. things my dad used to always tell me is you know you have power over your words until you speak them and then they have power over you at that point mm-hmm. um, so you always just want to be super careful and uh, as pastors we know how how careful we must be and for those of y'all who have followed my journey since from when I got called in high school to where I'm at now, 
I mean, you should, I, I hope you should, you could see this, the dramatic difference, even like how my Facebook is run, you know, uh, some of the stuff I wouldn't post now that I posted before. And I just, you know, some of the memories I see, you know, uh, you know, we're all learning, we're all growing, we're all trying to get closer to Christ. Um, so anyways, we really hope, I really hope this podcast helped. Uh, you know, if, uh, if we made, if we made you angry in this podcast, um, run it through the biblical scanner, you know, just see if, is it righteous? Are you righteously angry about it? Because uh, uh, 45 minutes of this podcast was reading scripture. So, <laughs> so uh, and conviction sucks. So, you know. yeah, right. yeah. So uh, if anybody needs anything else with specific advice on a specific situation, reach out to us and uh, we'll, we'll try to help you the best we can. So uh, thank you so much for listening to this. Like we talked about at the beginning, share it, man. We need, we need help uh, getting the message out there. And we know a lot of people need to hear this. And, uh, I believe having this, this, this dramatic difference, this radical difference in how we as Christians deal with anger. I think more people are drawn to the gospel because of it. So, um, maybe, yeah. maybe a non-Christian may, may need to hear this podcast just to, you know, kind of get an idea of what, how do, how do Christians deal with anger? And, and uh, it's, it's, it's definitely special and unique. So, all right. I would ask you for any final thoughts, but every time you have final thoughts and I have more final thoughts, then I'm sure you have more final thoughts. So uh, let's just call that yeah. our final thought. <laughs> thought. Yeah. Be okay. angry. Yeah. Do not sit. Yeah. And do it all for the glory of God. Okay. Yep. All right. We'll see y'all on the next podcast. Thanks for watching and God bless. Now I got to try to figure out how to stop it. Oh, here it is. <laughs> thank you so much for watching the grace bond ministries podcast or listening to the podcast uh, i know there's various ways that you could be listening to this right now or watching this right now uh, but i just want to say thank you so much and uh, if you would uh, wherever you're listening if you're listening on youtube you know subscribe to the youtube channel on um, podcast please you know, leave a five-star review and uh, write a little thing in there. If you're on Facebook, you know, leave a comment. Uh, let me know how this impacted you or uh, even any other questions or comments or concerns you may have. Um, and also, if you have an idea or you have something you'd really want to talk more uh, deeply about, you can always email me at gracebondministries at gmail.com. But thank you so much. Remember, for it is by grace you are saved through faith and not of yourselves, for it is the gift of God. Thank you for listening to Grace Bond Ministries.